Welcome back, everyone, to another jam-packed episode of the Millennium Business Podcast. I am your host, Charles Covenitz, along with my co-host, Joe Malmuth. What's going on, Joe? You know, when you start off the episode and you're going uh, a million miles an hour with all the energy and everything, and you call it another jam-packed episode, I'm thinking there's going to be like explosions and monster trucks and all kinds of goofy stuff. <laughs> but in reality, is we're just talking business. So I, I, I love it when you do that. So I, uh, keep keep it going, man. Yeah, look, man, I've, I've been in my house. This is week four of working from home. I've been looking at the same view outside my window, staring at the same dog that decides to take naps underneath my desk when I'm working. We're getting a little stir crazy. So any way that I could pump up the volume, pump up the energy, I'm going to at least try. <laughs> Hey, you're you're doing a service to the community here, buddy. Well, thank you for that. Well, um, you know, it is going to be jam packed, info packed. Today, we are interviewing Zach Fishman from Fishman PR Group, and what better time to discuss what brands are doing in the public relations department than now? I mean, you guys have been looking at your inbox of your Gmails or your email account and been seeing all these brands that you've maybe signed up for, maybe purchased an item for, or whatever it may be, sending you uh, company announcements, uh, how they're handling the coronavirus or the COVID-19 and, and all this other stuff. And I think it's great. The communication's great. Uh, and it, it's just, where was that four weeks ago? <laughs> so all these companies are jumping on board. And, and if you're in a position with your, your franchisor or your franchisee, and you want to continue to learn how to reach out to the public, reach out to your client database and, and let them know you're there and, and kind of assure them in these un, uncertain times, uh, that's why we brought Zach on board. So Joe and I had the pleasure of earlier today interviewing Zach. He's going to be talking a little bit about himself and a little bit about what Fishman PR does and specifically the in the franchise industry and on franchise development um and you know he's, he's just a great guy he's one of our buddies we see him at every franchise trade show every business uh <clears throat> conference that we go to um so we're really happy to have him on the show but before we dive into that joe uh what are some cool things that you've been seeing uh any some and positive light in the business franchise world that we're seeing um come about because of uh the coronavirus times uh, the the thing that I've been most impressed with is is really uh, the networking and the community that's happening. Uh, you, 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 there's a lot of things happening on LinkedIn. There's a lot of people reaching out, communicating with each other because uh, we have to. I mean, you said at the beginning of the uh, the recording here, you've been sitting at home staring at your dog all day long, and so people are going out of their way to to make those connections that they didn't have before and to strengthen the ones that they've had already. That's a good thing for franchisors. That's a good thing for franchise vendors and suppliers. And that's an amazing thing for franchise candidates and franchisees, because the stronger we can build the network, the stronger the web um, that is franchising, that is entrepreneurship, uh, the stronger uh, successes that people are going to have on the other side of this. And so I've been most encouraged by that. Yeah, one thing that I want to mention in, in terms of that line, um, the networking and all the communication stuff going on on LinkedIn, the guys and gals over at 919 Marketing with this hashtag Whiskey Wednesday stuff going on. Could we do that? Could we just keep that going even after the Corona times? I've been loving it. I, I've been loving seeing those videos. Dude, I, I love it too. And I even brought it to, uh, to Facebook just with my personal network <laughs> yeah, yesterday that. and, and probably a little too much. Cause I had a couple of whiskeys before I did it. So maybe I should do it the other way around next time, but, but it's good <laughs> stuff. 
But guys, I don't need a global epidemic to have an excuse to drink really good bourbon or whiskey on a Wednesday. So let, let's keep that going. Um, so that's a little bit more. I do like that some of our you know connections on LinkedIn or in our professional worlds are showing a little bit more of their human side and a little bit more of their personality through these times because that's all we have is the connection and online networking or however you do it. And it's good to have a little bit of your personality. For sure. It breaks the tension. For sure. I mean, this is some really tense times. You you know, Whiskey Wednesday. Great. Let's have a drink. Let's toast to each other and let's go at it Thursday morning even even more intensely and and intentively than we have in the past. Yeah, that's I think that's awesome. That's a great segue too that that you brought that up to lead into the interview with Zach, because one of the things that we cover in that conversation is how uh, messaging is changing. Uh, uh, PR is changing and it's been very noisy and, uh, you know, creating the relationship dynamic instead of just pushing information all the time that's templated and this type of thing is, is what's going to matter going forward. People want genuine, people want what's real. People want to uh, connect now more than ever because it's so hard to connect from a distance. And so, uh, uh, with that, let's go ahead and uh, kick this podcast off. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier, this is going to be a really jam-packed informational interview with our good friend and franchise legend, Zach Fishman. Obviously, most of you in the franchise industry know him from Fishman PR Group, and I've definitely seen him at every single conference and every single trade show and any franchise-related events. So we're, uh, we're really excited to finally be connecting with you, Zach. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I didn't realize that I was a franchise legend already. I think I may have just uh, gotten that by proxy, but I but I appreciate the compliment <laughs> nonetheless. But you know, I good good to talk with you guys, and hopefully, you guys are doing all right over there. Of course, and I also have my co-host Joe Malmuth on the line. Joe, what's going on? How are you doing, Charles and Zach? Good to have you. And I would I would definitely say that you uh, you fit the legend mold at this point. Now, the, what is the legend is the question. So I don't know if I'd go out there and say it's necessarily. Uh, Good, bad, or indifferent, but you're definitely a legend of some kind. <laughs> I, I will take that. I will take that either which way. So that sounds like a plan. Happy to happy to be here, guys. Yeah. So Zach, how you holding up? Uh, doing all right. I'm uh, I'm in the suburbs of Chicago right now. Um, that's where my parents reside and where our flagship office for Fishman um, is. And so I'm uh, I've been out here for 25 days, but who's counting? Uh, I got back <laughs> from our com- I got back from our unconference on the 14th of March, and I essentially um, came directly here and have not left uh, since. So it has been uh, a lot of craziness, but I'm really happy that I'm that I'm safe and that I'm healthy and that my family is safe and healthy. And uh, hopefully it's the same for you guys as well. A little bit depressing to be locked in like this, but you know, I, I, I don't have the good weather that you guys do. So I've gotten to get outside for walks maybe only three times, whereas you guys, it sounds like have daily walks from what Joe was telling me. So uh, jealous, but um, excited to hopefully get outside in the near future. Yeah, it's coming soon. I mean, at least you are in the suburbs rather than locked in the city. I, I have a few of my my buddies and uh, former colleagues that uh, live in large cities like Manhattan and, and Chicago, and and they're trapped in their you know seven hundred square foot apartment and going stir crazy. So it's a good move on mm-hmm. you to get out to the burbs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So for the listeners that don't know, uh, Zach, why don't you just go a little bit into your background? You know, what do you do? How are you involved with entrepreneurs and franchise owners alike? And uh, just kind of give us a little bit of a you know, kind of rundown on what Fishman PR is. Yeah. So um, I guess the background of, you know, my family story, rather, we can start with that just to kind of give a framework. So my so my mother has been in franchising for 
I think it's been 36 or 37 years. I don't exactly remember which. Um, I can't, but but I, I can't quite recall. But Fishman PR started in 1991, and so that's been around for uh, quite a long time now. It will be 30 years really soon, and so. Uh, you know, I think that one of the things she, she actually never has been in anything else aside from franchise public relations. So her first job out of college was franchise PR. And so she kind of went off on her own after rising up to VP at a at a, at a since folded firm uh, back in the 90s. And then she kind of went off and started her own thing. And my dad joined her about nine months later. It was out of the out of the bedroom of our first home that they bought together um, back in the back in the early 90s. And so it was actually even before I was born. And so I fast forward to now, um, I, I have really been a part of the franchise space since I was about 13. So I've interned, I interned in franchising basically before it was really legal to, I guess, I suppose. But I mean, like I was kind of running around and doing random things when I was 13, helping around the office because I was always curious, kind of getting up to the point where, you know, I was doing a lot of different internships around the industry working for franchisors, working for the IFA, working for some suppliers, um, just to kind of get a wealth of knowledge, just because it's not necessarily what I was exclusively studying in school back in the day. And after that, I then moved to New York City and I worked at uh, two different suppliers in the franchise space during that time frame until I joined uh, Fishman in September uh, to lead their, uh, to, to, to be the director of innovation. Now I didn't initially know what that meant. I'm being totally honest. Uh, I, I had no idea what the title was. It was something that, you know, our COO and, and, you know, my, my parents both came up with, I don't think they really knew what it meant, but now I've kind of determined that. And really what it is, is that, um, it is, I, I'm really leading all the business development efforts for Fishman PR and for Franchise Elevator, um, both in the U.S., Canada, and in the U.K. Uh, and in addition to that, I'm also in charge of, of, of innovations within the actual firm as well. And obviously that has, uh, that that stuff has kind of been put on hold, but, you know, generally, you know, looking to add new services and softwares to help us do our job better and to help increase the offerings that we have for for our for our agency partners, but you know, right now, obviously, that's quite challenging. But that is uh, that's what I would say the uh, entire course of my day really is. Nice. Well, uh, when you said legend by proximity, you weren't kidding. You, your family and yourself combined probably fifty years of experience in the franchise industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're ha- we're happy to have you on board. Um, now, Joe and I were discussing offline. You know, every it seems like nowadays every brand that. I've been in contact with or just have used their services, has sent out some message from the CEO or some message from the brand itself on, you know, what are they doing to um, help keep our customers safe during this COVID-19 situation or you know, help keep the brand um, kind of positive? And you know, have you been seeing a ton of that? I mean, obviously you're in the PR industry. I mean, that, that's been an initiative that you've been driving. Yeah, I think that a lot of people... Um, have kind of taken two different stances, right? I think that some of them have taken that negative, like random, I'm just going to send out this crisis PR kit just because I feel like it's the right thing to do. When in some industries, it's not necessarily as relevant because it may be B2B in some contexts or in others, it may not be all that consumer facing and it may be kind of behind the scenes or it may be completely virtual where you didn't really touch people in that regard in the first place. You mentioned something about Netflix in the beginning about how they sent out something for COVID-19 
maybe for their employees, it might be applicable, but may, may not necessarily be for the consumers. Cause that's kind of the point of why Netflix was disrupted in the first place. That's so kind of funny that they did that. But yeah. I think that in addition to that, from a positive perspective, I've seen a couple things. Um, you know, you have your uh, community impact pieces that you've been seeing around the franchise base. And I think that, um, it's important to ensure that you're not that you're, that you're being sensitive in that regard and not trying to capitalize on a situation that you have at hand just to kind of create exposure for your brand. I think that there's a lot of people who are doing it with some false pretenses. I've seen, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a couple that are out there that I've run into uh, that have unfortunately kind of fallen into that mold. But generally that's a lot of what we're doing for our uh, for, for our folks right now, you guys, you guys included, is that we're doing a lot of work in uh, local communities where folks have actual um, presence in, and we're trying to create some buzz around some local community outreach that folks are doing. And in addition to that, you're having some really nice, positive leadership pieces where we're bringing in franchisors um, within certain industries to kind of discuss how they're navigating everything and how they're keeping their staff positive and what they're doing to give back. And all of that. And then I would say, lastly, it can feel like, and we can talk about this a little bit further in your next question, but I think that there have been some bits and pieces of innovation coming out of this too, right? I think that, you know, a lot of really amazing businesses came out of the recession in 2008. And I don't think that this is going to be any different. We have a lot of time at home to think. So mm -hmm. I think that what that has produced for a lot of franchise brands is that they've had to get creative in order to keep the cash flowing as much as they can. And so there have been some really interesting things that we've ideated with uh, some folks, with some folks in, uh, you know, that are clients of ours just to kind of discuss how they can stay current. And so without trying to be, without, I guess, trying to take advantage of the situation, some people have really been forced to innovate, which has been in, in a strange way, kind of a healthy thing for franchising too. Yeah, I would agree. It, it, that is interesting. I, I never thought of it's a, probably a very fine line to walk between sending out a good message to your to your customers and your clients, but then not seeming like you're trying to take advantage of the situation and 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 push consumers towards your way. I think that's mm -hmm. probably a very fine line that a lot of companies are, are trying to walk right now. Mm -hmm. Without question, yeah. Yeah. So just ba based off that kind of dovetailing off that, you know, what do you think are some good lessons that companies are, are learning during this time? I know we, there's a lot of time for us to be at home and a lot of time for us to get creative and pivot and innovate to keep companies profitable or just to keep sustaining. Um, you mentioned it best. I think there's going to be a lot of really good things that come out of this. Um, but what are, what are some of the lessons you see franchise companies or non-franchise companies learning? Boy, for franchise companies who were not equipped, who did not have their tech stack equipped for something, for something without a lot, of, without heavy human contact, they're really in for a rude awakening. You know, businesses that rely a little bit more on cash, for instance, obviously are not doing very well right now. Businesses who, you know, are not technologically inclined and kind of were stubborn in that regard. And we all know that there are many franchise brands out there who are still living in the 90s right now when it comes to tech. I think that they are really kicking themselves right now because they had all this time to make changes. And I think that now that they're, now that they've really been forced, they, they've been for, their, their hand has been forced in terms of like actually having to make those changes and they don't necessarily have the capital to do it, which I think is really going to put a strain on a lot of franchise brands. Um, I hate to be negative, but I think that that's genuinely the truth is that I think that that's something that a lot of brands are going to learn a very harsh lesson from. But I think that for the brands who do make it through this, I think that they'll be better for it because they have really decided to invest in their brand and kind of put it in 2020. 
I, I think that a lot of people can look towards, you know, the e-commerce space uh, that we see that, that, you know, the D to C space. I think that a lot of sure. tech innovation has happened in the past, you know, five to seven years in that space. And I think that that is really where I hope that franchising kind of catches up in that regard, because as somebody who's on the supplier side who was in tech for many years, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I sold certain things in my past where it may not have necessarily been rocket science. But, you know, I think that there's a lot of there's there, there, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about how things still operate in this day and age, because we've got a lot of our quintessential old school franchise guys, as we like to call them that still yep. um, do um, play a large role in the space. Obviously, none of us are that because we are all pretty young guys. But I think that those are lessons that people are going to understand is to also try and be nimble too, because I think that a lot of folks in the franchise space, you know, they, they, they believe that if it's not if it's not broken, that you shouldn't fix it. But um, all I, of those I, are. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just finish your point there. And then I want to just add something to the end of it. In short, I believe that being nimble, I think, is so important. I think that for the brands that are not nimble, it, it's pretty obvious who they are out of this, which I think is too bad, but it's the truth. Yeah, the the, the lesson there, I think, is something that that uh, both uh, both sides of the table can learn from in the sense that uh, you're talking about franchisors and, and the health of the franchisor, but you're talking about uh, if you if you go down that line, you're talking about the decision making process for the candidate and, and, and how those people who are looking to become franchisees make those decisions uh, and what are they evaluating and how. And I think that franchisors uh, that are in that club that uh, that you were describing, that old school club, will have a, a more difficult time illustrating to those candidates that their system is created and set up in such a way to be able to weather storms and and you know, everybody can kind of plan for the 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 storms in the sense that you know the economy ebbs and flows and this and that but but uh and, and everybody can plan for for example being here in south florida the the micro problems the mm -hmm. the we had a hurricane or this type or the tornadoes in nashville this type of thing that can disrupt a business on in a microclimate or a, a, a micro geo but the the global level stuff is is the stuff that nobody thinks about uh, with any real deep, unless you're on doomsday preppers on, on what it, <laughs> Nat Geo or whatever channel that was. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, so franchisors, especially, you know, I'm talking to emerging brands at this point, you know, you need to make sure that you're setting yourself up from the beginning to be able to illustrate in your sales funnel where, where these people are coming through the process to, to evaluate your brand to determine if it's a fit for them and this type of thing that, yeah, you, you, you're not a Luddite brand. You're in a position to be able to utilize technology. Uh, Charles and I, for the last year, basically have, have been working through uh, and seeing a lot of results with a, a hands-off, no-touch franchise sales funnel in the sense that, you know, the, the idea of the traditional discovery day of meeting face-to-face -face with a candidate and, and shaking hands and this type of thing or, or having to meet them face-to-face -face in the field in some capacity as part of the sales funnel earlier on in that experience, we just did away with it. Uh, we were already moving to a virtual discovery day when this happened um, because, you know, I'm, uh, I just think in this, this century's investors there, it's, yeah. it's not as impactful as it used to be because they have, you know, we have these things in our pockets called smartphones that have every bit of information out there at, at your fingertips. They don't necessarily need to get that from someone like me or Joe. We just need to provide the good content and the good message. But yeah, I, I do think everything is moving towards digital. And that could be one of the, the, the big lessons that these companies learn in this crisis is um, the over communication and being nimble. I mean, you're right, Zach.
and Joe yeah. as well. The, the sad part is, is some of those brands aren't going to learn the lesson. Uh, and some of them uh, are going to learn the lesson, but it's going to be too late for them to to recover, bounce back. They're going to recede. And, and that's going to create... Uh, especially if you, especially if you're talking about these legacy brands that maybe occupy that top tier space that weren't positioned to handle something like this, it's going to create room for those disruptor level brands that are maybe not so much on the emerging side, but maybe they're, they're the third tier brand in the space. They, those brands will have an opportunity to, to move closer to the forefront in that niche. And I think that that's the part that, uh, is going to be interesting to watch for the next year or two. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And I think that one interesting point, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and you know, he was telling me that he believes that the brands right now, especially in the legacy spaces that are more regional players, that are smaller and have smaller payrolls and are a little are a little bit more, you know, nimble in that regard because of that, may be the ones who will gain the most market share out of something like this because they have the ability, number one, they didn't have to you know, you, you've seen there, there's been a lot of examples of really, really humongous retail and food brands in the franchise space having to lay off a lot of people. And I think that I think that it it, it is really allowed some of the brands that may be a little bit more from, I guess, popular from a regional perspective to really, you know, understand hmm, there's really an opportunity here. And I think that it's going to take some innovation on our, on, on our side to really figure out how to break through. And, you know, and hop up another tier or two. I think that this is really, you know, this is a reset for everybody on a social and professional level. So I think that it, um, it will breed, it will breed opportunity. And I think that in a, if you are able to do that in a tasteful way, I think that it will be really impactful. That's the key. I think you nailed it right there, doing it in a tasteful way, because you, there are going to be those regional brands that are going to come in and take advantage of the fire sales of their competitors, being able to come in and uh, in some cases bail out strong franchisees that found themselves in a difficult situation with the brand that couldn't make it through. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time, you know, we, we, we've seen franchise brands go away before. Um, but I think I think this is going to be the first time in, in history that you're going to see a multitude of franchise brands go away. And you're going to have all of these franchisees out there that are, in air quotes, no longer franchisees, that were relying on vendor relationships and supply chains and all these other things that the mm-hmm. franchise or naturally provides that are going to be in a position to where smart regional players like you're talking about can swoop in and go, hey, how about this? Why don't you rebrand to us? And we'll provide you with all of that support that you had before. Things will be a little different, uh, but in a good way. And we'll collaborate and we'll build something new and better and stronger. And I think that's where you're going to see things go. Is It's not that the franchisees go away. It's it's that the brand infrastructure and and that support part uh, that they were used to receiving from the franchisor mm-hmm. uh that goes away for them, and it's a matter of how do how do uh, uh, stable and solvent brands that are in that same niche come in and help those franchisees continue to be entrepreneurs, uh, and, and and that would be a tasteful way, I think, to handle those types of scenarios instead of just saying, hey, you know, that guy lost his business because the franchisor went out. No, it, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity for everybody to help everybody here, and and that I think is a strong one. Absolutely, without question, I agree. So it, it, I'm sure Zach, you've been seeing. Um, companies in on a PR sense increasing their cadence of communication to their consumers or franchisees or or vendors. Um, do you think that's a trend that's going to continue after this, you know, post Corona uh, situation? You know, when when businesses in air quotes back to business, back to normal. Um, do you think the communication cadence from from brands are still going to keep going as as strong and as frequent as they are now? 
Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that the way that people are going to use, I mean, PR, for instance, is definitely going to change a little bit. I think that, you know, it already, we, we had already been trying to change the narrative with a lot of our clients. I think that, it, and that really is thanks a lot in large part to our COO who kind of saw, I want to say, I think four years ago, I think is really when she kind of saw, you know, franchise development PR is really, really changing. And that's not based off of our feedback. It's based off of the reporter's feedback. The reporters didn't want to cover the same stuff that they used to cover about, you know, how a how a new about how a new uh, about how a new location was opening up in this town. It those end up in retail roundups right now. Those don't end up the, the, before. You used to get write ups and TV stations out there just to kind of check it out from a franchise development PR perspective. That doesn't really happen anymore. And so you had to really get creative. And the way that we've done, the way that we were saying is that we we needed to kind of have a it needed to be kind of a cross between a consumer and franchise development approach. And I think that what this will what this will do will only enhance that. I think is out of this because I think it's going to require so much more to end up in the news. Even right now, that's really kind of what we've pivoted towards. Is franchise development pitching has really fallen off with you know, with our firm right now, obviously, just because as you guys very well know, I mean, this environment right now is difficult, you know, to navigate when it comes to trying to get somebody to commit. But I think that it's important to be able to kind of, I guess, instill, instill, I guess, culture and personality and what your brand is in the media. And I think that right now, you know, people that are going to be at the beginning of their journey that see that you're putting yourself out there in the community and that you guys are on the cutting edge of technology and, things of that nature are going to really attract them. And so I think that, you know, talking about the technological spin on things is it, it's really going to evolve a lot. And I think that more and more brands are really going to focus on that particular pitch more so than they had before, because the brands that are afraid of it were afraid of it for a reason, because they weren't really prepared to really discuss why they were differentiating on a tech standpoint. But now I think that this is really going to force brands to change and talk about that. And I think that because there's going to be more copy, less copycat brands out there now, because unfortunately we're probably going to see a, we're probably going to see some, some shrinking when it comes to the amount of franchise brands that will be represented in the United States this year and maybe in going into next year. And I think that that's going to really allow people to shine. And I think that that's what, that that's one of the many ways that they'll be able to do it is really through that differentiation through technology is what I'm hoping to see, because I think that that, is uh, something we're franchising very behind, but I think that there are amazing examples of it. But I, but I hope to see more of it. Yeah, this uh, this times is definitely forcing everyone's hands into either redeveloping their technology, getting on board, communicating with their candidates and customers differently, and um, you know we just got to innovate and keep pivoting. But yeah, um, the, the 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 thing to think about there too. I mean, because you, you, everybody's seen the the pictures online of you know dolphins returning to Venice, Italy, and all mm-hmm. these kinds of things that are happening from an environment perspective. Um, you know, I I read uh, I think it was yesterday an article where the, the seismologists are able to measure the just the general vibration of the Earth, and and since social distance distancing has happened and nobody's driving cars on the same level of the Eastern all this other stuff. The, the level of vibration of the planet has calmed down. There's this quieting that seems to be happening. And I think what, what you'll see, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, if you think the same thing, but within advertising, within PR, within franchise development messaging, um, it's been really noisy for a long time mm-hmm. and everybody's 
stealing everybody else's playbook and everybody's communicating the same messaging. And, mm -hmm. and that's some of the stuff that reporters are getting tired of. It's stuff that the readers are getting tired of seeing. And I think with, with the overall quieting of the, of the space, uh, just, just, we, we started this conversation out with the idea that, Hey, you know what? Everybody companies that I don't even directly interface with that are suppliers to the companies that I work for that don't even connect with humans are sending me emails about how, Hey, don't worry about us. We've taken measures to, to social distance inside of our, our company and, and, and goofy stuff. Everybody's still being noisy. And I think that the, the quieting of that, because some of these companies are going to go away because some of the people are going to have to figure out, Hey, we have to change the messaging and how we do this going forward uh, and make it much more relationship oriented, I think is going to, to, to have a big impact there as well. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, Zach, thank you so much for jumping on with us. I know, you know, to your audience, you give a ton of great info and hopefully our audience has picked up on some good stuff there. Guys, if you want to have a deeper discussion about PR, anything relating to business or franchise PR, Zach Fishman, check out Fishman PR. Uh, he's going to be tagged into the LinkedIn post. Guys, reach out to him. He's a really friendly guy and, and willing to help your brand out in any way he can. There is no better company out there that provides the kinds of services that they do. And, and uh, I'll stand by that. I put my money where my mouth is and we use them. So uh, I would 100% encourage anybody, especially the emerging brands and uh, uh, they have special programming for uh, those companies to to help get their message and their brand out there to not only the 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 end user consumer but uh, even to the uh, the franchise development stuff as well. Highly recommend these guys. Well, put well, thank out. you. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I didn't realize that I was gonna get a uh, I was gonna get a testimonial on here. So I really appreciate you guys uh, <laughs> allowing me on here. And I, uh, and I and I hope that this was helpful for anybody. If anybody else has any questions or want to be connected to anybody to ask questions, I mean, I we are very well connected with a lot of the folks who are doing a lot of the PPP work for COVID-19. So I'm happy to connect you to anybody if any of you folks have questions about that, because I assume that many people do. Um, so uh, anything that anybody needs, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, we also have a crisis PR package that if you guys feel like that you missed the boat on that and want some of that, it's uh, free of charge, just something just to help folks out if they need to be prepared, that's professionally done. So just, uh, let me know. I can be found on LinkedIn and I post way too much. So you will, uh, you, you may be sorry. You may be sorry that you connect with me, but I'm happy to happy to join guys. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I really can't say enough good things about Zach and his team uh, in Fishman PR. Uh, you know, they are, they are not supporters in the sense that they're sponsors of the podcast or anything along those lines. So I want, I don't want anybody uh, worried that uh, this has been a promotion piece for them, but uh, even if you don't work with them as a, as a vendor, things of that nature, uh, Zach, Brad, their whole team uh, is, has always been nothing but accommodating, has always put franchising first and put their customers first. And, and even just, uh, you know, like he was talking about, hey, we've got some stuff that we put together for the community that's totally free. And that's the kind of people that they are. And so, uh, you know, we're yeah, it's just good people good being people, good people. Exactly right. Good people being good people. We're, I am, I am better for knowing them. So, uh, you know, they certainly have earned our business uh, going forward and, and, and we've been with them for some time now. Uh, and I know a lot of other brands, uh, every other brand that I know that works with them feels the same way. And they're just, uh, just amazing people and have amazing uh, uh, success with what they do. So I couldn't recommend them enough. And, and, and Zach's always on point. He's always on point, knows what he's talking about, and, and, and I really got a lot out of what he had to share there. So 
Uh, with that, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, be on the lookout for some more really great interviews that we're bringing your way here over the next few weeks. We're going to try to keep this once a week cadence going. Um, for those of you that have been listening, uh, every episode, we appreciate you so much. Uh, this Thank is you. this is the this is the exciting part of our day. You know, when we get down to the end of the day, when the work stuff's done, and uh, you know, in my case, the kids are uh, in bed. This is what we do. Uh, you can't go out and watch a sporting event or whatever. So the after hours moonlighting piece for Charles and I is recording podcast episodes and we're having a blast doing it. So thank yeah. you so much for continuing to listen. Uh, please help spread the word, uh, share the podcast with people, leave us a comment, no matter what platform you, you find us on, uh, uh, give it a thumbs up. Uh, and we really appreciate that. We want to continue to do this and, and we'll continue to do it as long as people want to listen to it. So, um, yep. and, and, you know, part of, if you're new to this, you know, we, we do have a little bit of a, a following that might listen to every episode, but if you're just tuning in because you really wanted to hear what Zach had to say, um, our whole podcast is about creating a really tight and really strong knit community within franchising and entrepreneurship. So, Let's just keep this going. You know, drop a line. If you guys have someone you want us to interview or you want a topic that you want us to cover, uh, let me know in the comments section or drop a line on my LinkedIn and just stay connected. And, and guys, remember every single week, let's network and let's keep connecting with people on LinkedIn and in your, in your group virtually or however else you do it. And um, thank you for listening. And just another week, we'll see you all next week with some other amazing content. Bye.